Hello, everybody, and welcome to the HTML All the Things podcast, episode number 27, Negative Customer Relations. I'm your host, Matt Lawrence, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Mike Coran. What have you been up to this week, Mike? Yeah, hey, Matt. Uh, so this week has been a whole crap load of client work, um, just spinning up a bunch of new projects for one of our biggest clients, um, just really in the thick of things. But also, I've actually had a chance to film and record my first YouTube tutorial on Vue.js. So stay tuned for that. I plan on editing that really soon, either today or tomorrow, and then we'll uh, take it through the ringer, upload it on YouTube, and let us know how it is. Um, definitely my first one. Going to be <laughs> made some mistakes along the way uh, and probably not going to be as polished as I want it to be, but uh, just glad to get it, like get one up there and see how it is and see if I like the editing process and stuff like that. So... Uh, definitely interested to see your uh, see your comments on that. Uh, other than that, uh, that's that's about it. That was my week. We we got a lot of snow. I'm just looking out my window right now, and it's just still coming down. I'm kind of getting tired of shoveling at this point, but whatever. I'll go out there. Uh, so, what about you, Matt? Uh, so yeah, so same same weather conditions anyway. Um, but uh, been a really busy week for client work. Definitely. Uh, so we got some projects that were put on hold that have now been like approved to go forward and a couple of other little things that came up. And then uh, I'm working with uh, some Webflow changes because there's like a, a bit of a new uh, UI on there. If you're a person that uses Webflow, there's a, a beta UI as well as there's a change to the uh, the conditional, not the conditional visibility because that's something else in the UI, but it's like uh, when you want it to be conditionally visible based on the responsivity, like, oh, do you want it to be, show up on tablets or on phones, that type of thing? There used to be like a four, I believe it was a four tile sort of selector. Now it, you now you just have to use, <clears throat> excuse me, the actual uh, responsivity, like you use that. It, it, it's like a new way and they have like a video for it. I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's, it's a little more intuitive. It's a little bit closer to the code because Webflow is kind of prided themselves on being a visual coder as far as I know. So it's a little bit closer to what you would do in actual CSS, I would say. So it's a welcome addition. It's a little bit, it's a little bit strange that, 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 uh, it changed in my opinion, cause I did kind of like the old selector, but it's, uh, no skin off our back. And in the video, I believe they mentioned that there was like some sort of uh, conflict, like a conflicting issue that they wanted to remove. So they just got rid of that and changed it all to the display property. So anyway, yeah, you'll, 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 you'll see exactly what I mean if you're a Webflow guy. Um, but if you're not, I'm probably just talking gibberish, but yeah, so that's been my week for the most part. And, um, just again, shoveling snow and dealing with the snow and all that stuff. And I drove home in one of the biggest storms of 2019. So that was an interesting, uh, interesting tidbit in a car, by the way, a Ford, four door sedan. So, uh, yeah, not the smartest of choices. Don't do that. If you're, uh, don't do that at home. So, (laughs) So anyway, um, so this episode, um, it might be a little bit strangely, strangely named. Uh, so I'm just going to introduce the show, then I'll go through the segments and then we'll hop right in. So, so basically if you're running a startup, um, or playing the freelance game, then you, uh, you know, you have to directly contact 
with you have a direct contact with customers. You don't have like some sort of other department that deals with the customer. You generally deal with them directly. And sometimes these interactions are just, you know, simply selling them on something like, hey, buy my service, you know, whatever. Um, or, you know, a more routine thing, like you're already working for them and you're like, hey, I need, you know, I need that copy that you said you'd give to me today. That type of stuff, just routine or selling. That's kind of the main, that's one of the, or two of the main um, different contacts you'd have with a customer. However, there will be things that have a negative connotation attached to them. And those things are always pricing and other things like that. And we're going to dive into them in depth here. So I'm not going to spoil them all right now. So I'm going to go through the segments here. Segment number one is saying no. Segment number two is uh, aggressive interactions. And segment number three is waiting. And then of course, web news. And this web news is uh, quite topical for today. It's the well, what I've named the Facebook messaging toss-up, and uh, we'll get into that. If you've been reading the news at all, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So segment number one here, saying no. So sometimes customer relations uh, just aren't, like I said, selling them on your latest theme or selling them on a service you offer or se- telling them that, yes, you have the skill to do something. There comes a time when you have to deal with the intricacies of a deal, and that really that those intricacies often have a negative connotation attached to them specifically these various interactions um are pricing so talking about pricing with a customer dealing with oh you know i actually want a thousand dollars for this there's a negotiation whatever value so that's value of work and also the and also of the product to the customer so it's a value on you know how much you think it's worth versus how much they think it's worth and how much like it is worth to them like are they going to be generating leads from that or do they have an e-commerce business that's going to have sales increase by the by what you what value you add to their website so things like that also bad content so Oftentimes people will give you low quality images that are like literally shot on an SD camera from the 90s or something like that, um, or just bad copy, things that are out of date, lots of spelling errors, that type of thing. So essentially, you're saving them, you're saving themselves, um, and you're really... You're trying to make sure that that web presence gets out, gets on the right foot. Like, like you're not insulting them. You're not being rude to them, but you don't want to make a, you know, a really nice, let's say you make a really nice website, you make it, you know, the nice frame and everything, but it has no content in there. And then, you know, bad pictures, bad copy, it looks weird, et cetera, et cetera. You're, you're really saving them from themselves and you really want to make sure that they get out, get like, you know, out the door. When you leave them, they should be on the right foot for their web presence online. So that's, that's basically what's going on. So I'm going to dive into these various topics because there's like quite a bit of details in each. So pricing, first one here, pricing. So pricing is always, and it is always, and I shouldn't, I, I, I almost said always, and then shouldn't always be always, but it's, it's like 90% of the time. It's always um, a major point of contention between you and your customers. So people just in general, whether they're rich, poor, it doesn't matter. They want a lower price and they will try anything to get it. The issue with you constantly lowering your price is that even if you don't intentionally do this, you will, and this will happen, you will have a lesser quality product because your motivation to complete it will drop. Now, obviously, there's a bit of a range there, and I'll talk about that in a moment, but there's also something that that comes comes along with dropping your price, and that's scope creep. So if you don't know, scope creep is... When customers add features into the original scope of a project, you know, oh, maybe we should add this and maybe we should have a slider and maybe we should have an extra page for this. And they'll, they'll kind of just expect it to be a part of the original package. And a lot, oftentimes, you know, people will do it as a, as a part of that original price. Sometimes you got to price it out. Again, that's another pricing conversation. So as you can see, this is kind of like a snowball effect. So 
you really should go into a meeting with a price range in your head or one solid price that you aren't that or one solid price if you aren't willing to negotiate. So some people will just say it's a thousand. I'm not going higher. I'm not going lower. That's it. Um, and you really should stick to that plan, whether you have a bit of negotiating room or whether you don't stick to that plan. So if a customer is unwilling to pay a price that you're okay with, then you just have to back out politely. You know, don't tell them off. Just say, okay, you know, hey, this isn't going to work. You know, this isn't going to work between us or whatever, you know, no, no problem. And, you know, thanks for your time. And you move on. And sometimes they'll, they'll say, no, 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 you know, let's, you know, let, let, let's talk. Sometimes, you know, that's the walk away negotiating technique. But, you know, if, if they absolutely refuse the price, then you just have to back away because you don't want to make something of lesser quality. You don't want to have that scope creep, which will then end up making anything you make within that scope creep of lesser quality because they're adding things to something you're being underpaid for. As I said, it's a snowball effect and it ain't pretty. So this, so the one, the one thing, the one thing that that, that happens oftentimes is when it comes to older businesses. So this, this often happens when it comes to older businesses or specifically ones that don't run off of the internet. You, they have issues paying for online services like web development or making a web app or whatever, because their businesses don't generally value the web too much. And the reason why I mentioned this specifically is because oftentimes, you know, let's say a person has an e-commerce store, they're more than willing to pay, you know, a decent amount. Maybe it's even above what price you were going to set, but there's these other guys that, you know, they don't really value it. They want to, you know, pay, you know, oh, I only want to pay, you know, a maximum of 500 for something that's, you know, clearly two grand of work or something like that. And the reason why I mention that is because you don't want to get upset with them. You don't want to get mad at them because they don't, they, those guys will generally not generate leads from your work. And so that kind of leads into our second point, which is value. So value and pricing go hand in hand and everyone wants what they paid for and preferably a, you know, a lower price and a higher value, right? Buy low, sell high, that kind of mentality, except you're buying something for low and it has, and it should have a great value to you as a customer. So you want to sell customers on the value of your work. And that can be difficult depending on how much they rely on their website. Like I said, so for example, if a company is almost completely reliant on their e-commerce site, then upgrading it, even for like a really high price, may be something they're willing to do to ensure that revenue keeps flowing because they don't want to lose that primary source of revenue. But on that flip side, if you're working with a customer that simply has an online presence, like a basic website with a phone number, they'll generally, you know, generate their generate their customer via other means. So maybe they're in the newspapers with ads. Maybe they get word of mouth. Maybe they're maybe they have some billboards along the highway. There's a whole bunch of different ways other than online to get leads, and therefore they're they value like they themselves value that online presence less and they don't want to invest time in making you know getting that social media up and doing all this other stuff they don't they don't value the online presence so when you have a when you have a customer that doesn't value your service as much oftentimes the project will be less complex however they won't even then even though it's less complex they won't even offer you a fair dollar for it then because it doesn't generate them enough business to pay for itself over the short term you know, if they pay $500 for a website, let's say a real basic, what we, what we call a business card website, just, you know, a name, a phone number, and like maybe a, maybe a Google map for, uh, for people GPSing to their office or whatever, you know, that's a business card website. That's not very complex at all, but they, those guys will be like, no, you know, a hundred bucks or less than a hundred bucks or something like that. They'll, they won't, they don't value that online presence because they don't rely on the online presence. So Sometimes a customer is looking to become more active online, which is why you were contacted, but they still don't know the value of a good online presence. Um, you know, what it takes to generate traffic, how to manage that social media account, et cetera, et cetera. So in this case, it can be very difficult to get a customer on board with a price that you're good with 
because versus the amount of work that he wants done because for them to become relevant requires them investing their time and they don't understand the value of the work that you'll be doing because they weren't you know they didn't really have an online presence before so there's again this is a bit of a snowball effect right it's it's you're trying to sell the value they don't understand which is why they're hiring you they're not just making their own website in the same breath you know maybe they don't value the online presence and they don't care about it or on even on like a kind of a minor flip side there they might want to get an online presence, but they might think it's super easy because of all those, all the, the you know, those, all those consultant commercials that are like, hey, it's super easy to make money online. It's super easy to make money online. Well, they'll think, hey, it's super easy. I'll call this guy. He'll do it for me for 500 bucks. But in reality, you know, you're doing two grand worth of work or something like that. So there's always this point of contention. And this is why, this is why value and pricing, they go hand in hand and they have a negative connotation attached to them because it is kind of a tug of war. You're trying to get the price up and you know get it up to a fair dollar and they're trying to pull the price down but keep that value up it's definitely a tug of war in that case um and now if we go to more of a direct you know thing that you will kind of this will definitely be a point of contention if you're upgrading people so bad content so we've all been there you've been hired to look at an old website that was designed for you know an old sd monitor an old uh, crt monitor and you come up with a plan to revitalize it with re- which results in a list of photos and other content that you need from the customer so things like you know maybe they have staff pics or like they have an, a nice shot of their office or they have you know some staff bios or they need to contact their staff or something whatever and they just say ah oh, just use the old stuff that's on the site because they look good now this is one of the hardest things to convince people to change. We've done this several times because they're attached to the old photos and the text that they wrote years ago. But those small SD photos just aren't equipped to handle the HD screens of today. And to be blunt, they look awful. Unless you're doing some sort of antique site in which you know you can't reproduce that photo, they look bad. So it's your job, as unfortunate as it is, to politely push back on customers, explaining to them. That if they're refreshing their site, they can't have old assets on there or else it'll look awful. It'll look bad. You need to try and convince them to update everything to modern standards and to ensure that any copy is up is uh, up to date. You know, you don't want to have old store hours in there or old, you know, staff bios if that guy doesn't work there anymore. You don't want to have that. You want to have the copy up to date, the pictures up to date. In order to do this, try and tell them that their customers will take notice that their site looks messy or just slapped together for cheap, uh, which will leave them with a bad first impression, especially if they're trying to generate on online presence for the first time or, you know, really refresh it for the first time. You know, you don't want to have like a, just a, a lackluster impression. And you can also, uh, you can also offer to make some of the content for them if you're willing and able to for a price, of course. So maybe you know how to use a camera rather well. You can go and quickly, you know, be like, Hey, I'll, I'll show up to the office with this DSLR and I'll take a couple of shots of the outside. I'll take a couple of shots of the inside or, you know, maybe take a video of you at the job or whatever. Again, only if you're willing and able, cause some web agencies offer a lot of services. And ultimately it is your job to ensure that again, that their web presence gets off on the right foot when you are done with the project. So you ensure that things are as high a quality as you can when you leave and whether they use, you know, the CMS, whether it be WordPress or couch or whatever, whether it may that they add bad content in the future, assuming you're off the project, that is not your problem. You started them on the right foot. You know, don't start them in a weird place. Start them on the right foot with modern technology, modern pictures, modern, all that. And then that's it. And then it's out of your hands at that point. You've done your job and then back away. So I know that's long winded, but you know, those are, those are, obvious things that you will encounter when you're talking to customers, especially in intricate projects. And uh, those are definitely 
conversations that have ne- negative connotations and cause some anxiety when you're prepping for the meeting. You're like, oh, Jesus, they're going to hate this price. Or, oh, God, they're going to hate the fact that I want to replace the photo of their, their staff from 1998. You know, so just keep in mind that you do need to sometimes push back against a customer, but always be polite. Don't be yelling at them. None of that stuff. Just say what say what what you need to change, why it's that, what the price is, why it's that price, et cetera, et cetera. Just keep it professional and you should be fine. Um, so I'm going to pass it on to Mike unless he has any other questions or comments about this segment. Uh, no, yeah, Matt, uh, that was covered really well. I think you provided a lot of value there <clears throat> just in that segment. Um, but I think I'll move on to my segment, which is uh, aggressive interactions. So this is kind of when things escalate. So handling a client that is angry can all obviously be a challenge, uh, even in the web development industry and any sort of business industry, really. Um, so there's a few strategies that we like to take when we have these situations, and we've had to use them actually recently um, because, you know, it happens. You're going to have those situations where you get into a meeting and you get blindsided by the fact that one of your clients is not happy uh, or you get a phone call. One of your clients is just, you know, you can you can hear Maybe not the anger, but the unhappiness and the discontent in their voice. And uh, that's kind of like an aggressive situation, in my opinion. And what to do what to do in these situations varies greatly between client to client. Obviously, everyone has their own certain strategies that I would use. But really, in a, in a grand scheme of things, just an overlapping strategy that I like to do is I let the client say their piece fully without interrupting them. Uh, because really, when they're angry, it's important to figure out why they're angry before you can even start to diffuse a situation. Um, so once they once they seem to be done and they're kind of like said their piece and you, you think that you can jump in and start making a case for anything, uh, it's important to try to show empathy into what into the problems that they're having. So sometimes like they can come at you really hard about maybe, you know, they forgot to refresh the cache on their website and they didn't see the changes that you told them that you made or something, just a hypothetical situation, which I'm sure has happened to a few people. Uh, and they can come at you hard for that because, you know, you told them you did it. They thought you didn't and they'll hit you. you know, they might even yell at you or something like that. Uh, it's important to understand that they don't understand the concept of caching. They don't understand that kind of stuff. All they know is what they see in front of them. Uh, so when they when you get hit with something like that, just take a moment, try to get into their shoes, try to show empathy and be like and just handle that in a professional manner. Don't fire back. Don't actually respond with with an angry response. Uh, try to be calm. Try to be professional. Um, even if it's fully their fault, uh, take some time and really think about uh, think about it from their side and try to explain it to them why the situation happened and what you will do in the future to fix it. Um, again, don't fire back at the customer. It will just make them angrier. Usually, if you treat them with some respect uh, through the through this whole process, they'll realize that they're overreacting and they'll come back and apologize. Uh, maybe next time they'll think twice before you know going at you heated. Um, and stuff like that. Like as long as you you're the one that maintains professional, uh, you'll really diffuse the situation really quickly. Usually, obviously, there's those like you know clients that you just can't control, and there's a totally different way of dealing with those. And I would say try to really distance yourself from clients like that. Don't don't take on any super co- conflicting relationships because it's just going to make all your other all your other interactions with every other client even worse because you're going to you know project your feelings of that day. Um, but then like just, just some examples of when these aggressive situations can occur, uh, miscommunications is probably the biggest one. So sometimes, like I said, with the caching thing, you've told them that you've updated something. They didn't understand what that means. Um, 
something like a pricing conflict. So you've, uh, you, you know, you went back and forth on a price. You thought you agreed on one price. They didn't understand that. And then you come back a couple months later and ask them for a certain sum that they haven't, they thought they did not agree to. Those things can lead to an aggressive interaction. Uh, design misunderstanding. So they say they want something like, you know, we want the header to be on the left-hand side, like top, you know, uh, we, we don't want it to be across the top. And But you've had a back and forth and you've agreed to put it on the top. And then all of a sudden you go back with a design iteration, you show them and they're like, well, I told you I want it on the left-hand side. These things happen all the time because the client really only understands what they want to understand. Uh, you, It's up to you to explain to them why you need something why you need something different you're the professional in this situation they're the person that's hiring you it really like it's not on them every time to understand why you want you know the the nav bar across the top and not going left uh, vertically up and down um and then encountering bugs so say you 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 know release a website into production uh it's out there and all of a sudden they come across the contact form and it's not submitting and they they're in their mind they're losing you know tons of business because there's people that are trying to submit and they're not able to submit their contact form and they're losing all that, all that business. Uh, and they can, they can get angry because of that, because you know, money time, th those are the kinds of things that people will, will be aggressive about. Um, just remember that you're the professional in this situation. So act like it prove to the customer that they should trust you with your decisions. When you make a mistake, own it and give the customer your immediate solution at the time, and then tell them the steps you'll take in the future to not make that happen. So make sure that you kind of give them a mitigation strategy that you're going to do in the future to make sure that these kinds of mistakes don't happen. Um, that's like that's the approach that I like to take. I always think of an immediate solution. Uh, if there's an if there's an issue, um, give give them like you know the I'm going to do this right now, and then down the line maybe a day after, send them an email saying, okay, I understand. I'm sorry that this happened. Uh, this is this is what I'm going to do to make sure this doesn't happen again. So th they'll be a lot more respecting, respectful of you if you they understand the, that you understand the problem as well, not just them. They they don't want to be alone in this kind of situation. Um, and just know that mistakes happen. Most people can be very reasonable about that. Uh, when when they do this as long, like when you, when you're clear with them, when you're upfront with the customer, they'll be very understanding of it. If you kind of let it fester. If you make a mistake and then you don't tell the customer and it costs them money, it costs you time. Uh, it, it has some sort of detrimental experience in the future. And then they realize that you could have told them that a couple months ago and you didn't. That's when an aggressive situation can really arise. So really be upfront with the customer as much as you can. Um, try to mitigate the situation before they happen. Uh, if you find a bug that's in production, make sure you let the customer know. Don't just sit there and try to fix it real quick uh, because that could be, you know, it could be a detrimental bug and they might find it. And who cares if you knew if you knew about it or not? They didn't know about it. So you're going to get, you're, you might get into one of these situations. So just try to be upfront, try to be honest, have empathy. Those are the kinds of things that I, that I kind of do to diffuse these situations. They don't happen very often. I don't want to scare people uh, if they're just looking to get into the start to the startup world or into the web development world. Don't worry, this is a, you know, it's a rare case where someone will come at you angry, but for sure, just be prepared for the fact that you will have to deal with a couple of aggressive interactions here and there. There's no, there's no getting around it because people have mis misunderstandings all the time. People don't fully grasp certain ideas sometimes and they, they get, you know, frustrated. Um, so just be aware of it and try to use the suggestions that I just had. Um, so I'm actually going to go on to the next segment unless Matt has any uh, comments on this one. Uh, the only thing I think I would add is like if 
if a customer has an aggressive uh, has an aggr- aggressive reaction to something, one of the one of the things that we do is we we will try to give them a related deliverable quickly, even if it's a partial deliverable. So oftentimes, if you do get, I mean, we don't. I'm, I'm going to say our aggressive stuff has been under ten in you know the three four years we've been doing this, but. One of the things that we'll do is if, you know, let's say we, let's say we're building a blog for them and we're working with them because some customers are very hands on and we're just working through the nav bar, really getting, you know, flushing out that part, let's say. Um, and you know, we were waiting on some custom social media icons or something like that, just to, just to make a basic example. If we weren't planning on doing the custom, uh, social media, you know, icon area of the nav bar until next week, maybe, maybe I would just do it that night and then send it to them. And be like, hey, like this is done, because it's just like a nice gesture that you were already gonna do anyway. And it's like you went out of your way a little bit, but it's just like it's just like saying like, hey, I figured like I finished this. We'll often do that, you know. There's a cooldown time if someone's really angry, but in general, that's what we'll try to do. Is you know, here's a little deliverable. Like, hey, we're still working for you. You know, things are still in good faith. It's just like a little tip of the hat. Like, hey, all right, no worries about that rough meeting we had we're moving on that that that's something i usually do um especially if we fall behind in something i'll be like oh shoot i'll get two deliverables done for them rather than one that i was supposed to so just just a a small note there yeah for sure and that makes sense and uh, actually speaking of waiting that's a great uh, segue onto the next segment which is labeled waiting so segment three um so Again, this is another issue that you can have with a, with a client, and I think it's very common across many, many different businesses, but it's really common in something like web development. Um, so a lot of negative customer relations can come from having to wait for a client. Um, so for example, like you're waiting for them to email you, waiting for them to respond to a phone call that you made a couple of days ago, uh, waiting for them to give you content, uh, to approve a project, Um or really any other situation where you're being held up by the client's lack of communication. Uh, situations can arise where you have a tight deadline so that you've already set with your client, you've agreed on a deadline, and they need it out at a certain point because they're showing it off to a customer or something. Um, but the problem is is that you're then delayed by the fact that you're forced to wait for them to give you something like content, something like an image for your for your site, social media links, whatever. You're waiting on them. And because of that, you will miss the deadline. So this this kind of stuff happens all the time. And honestly, it's it's a very difficult barrier to cross when you're part of this web development world. I'm sure all the other businesses out there have that occur as well. But some stuff to mitigate these situations is uh, you want to give your clients some deadlines as well. So when you're setting up your project timeline and you're said, okay, uh, it's due this Friday, but I need my con. I need this. You need to set a deadline saying, like, listen, we're working on this together. I need this on this content on Monday because I need a certain amount of time to put it into the website. So if you want your website out by Friday, make sure that it's there on Monday. This content, and then you give them those deadlines. You give them their own timeline, and you either send it to them through email. You can set it up in kind of a Google time a timeline, a Google Calendar even. And send them a link to that Google Calendar so that it reminds them so that, you know, they can get busy and all of a sudden they'll get a reminder, you know, a day before the, their deadline be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I need to get the stuff to the web guy. Um, so make it as easy as possible for them to succeed and yourself to succeed. Uh, that That's kind of that's my main advice um, and some really good advice that I heard on the latest Syntax podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way. Uh, 
West Boss and Scott Talinsky, really, really, you know, really great developers, and they've been in the industry for a lot longer than we have. Uh, and their their podcast is called Syntax, and this episode is called the Freelance Client Lifecycle. Recommend listening to that. Um, was to treat your clients as more of a partnership with them, where you're trying to get something done together rather than a them versus us mentality. So you're trying to you're doing this together. You're not like you're not working for them. Uh, you're not, uh, you know, just trying to get it done and get it over with. You're, you're trying to make something great together with your client. And that's kind of how you have to give, like, you have to present it to your client as well, because sometimes they really get busy in their own work and they, they just forget about your, the stuff. So you have to make, you have to show them that what we really need this information, why, why you need it at the time, like give them a strict deadline to, to coordinate with you with and then it'll make it a lot easier for you to complete projects on time um because really i think the number one way the number one way we have gone over time on projects is because we were waiting on the client i can't remember i don't think we've ever had a situation where we were the ones responsible for going for for being late on a deadline i don't think that's ever happened in our in our entire like you know three-year web web development career it's always been because and, and i take the onus on us as well on this we haven't been strict enough and upfront enough about the deadlines that we needed from our clients. So we either, you know, waited for our client, never, they never got back to us and we just forgot about it. And we're just like, whatever, we'll just work on something else. Um, or we just didn't commu- just, you know, we communicated with them as much as we could, but they just would not give us the information and we couldn't finish it on the deadline. So, you know, mitigating that would have solved so many problems for us and it would have a way to, you know, we could have probably taken on more projects as we went on. So learn from our mistakes um, and try to try your best to make sure that your client is working with you and not you're not working for your client. Um, so that that's about it for this segment. I'm going to pass it off to Matt uh, to add anything he, that he wants to add to to the segment and then move on to web news. Yeah, so one of the one of the points uh, that I have here is is it's something that happens to me rather frequently, and it's a really it's a really major pet peeve, and it's to do with waiting, um, but it's do also do with urgency. So I'll just kind of introduce it. So I call it false urgency. So like I said, it's a major pet peeve of mine that comes into projects in a variety of ways. Um, it entails calling something an emergency without there actually being an emergency. And oftentimes it causes things to be rushed and then as a result of lower quality. Uh, and then, you know, normally they would be way higher quality if they, and done correctly and probably actually tested uh, if they were done, you know, in a normal pace. And sometimes this can cause additional charges on clients. Like if you have a, you know, an, an out of hours contact fee or something like that, like some people do. Um, and then they're not suspecting that or they're not expecting that on the invoice time. And then that, you know, gets looped in with the whole misunderstanding and stuff like that that we've already discussed. So it's a whole thing. And a lot of the what I'll, what I'll call them uh, common or a common false urgency dispatchers. I couldn't think of a better way to say it, but um Basically, it's like making, you know, marking your email as as urgent when it isn't, like just straight up marking it as urgent, Uh, saying something in an email, like in the actual text of an email uh, and saying it's an emergency needs to be done right away uh, when it isn't. And also calling, uh, calling frequently um, or out of the normal work hours. So really early in the morning or really late at night. You know, you just call, 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 going crazy, leaving voicemails, whatever. And these dispatchers, as I've called them, are exactly how people would contact you for a real emergency, right? So it's like a, a reasonable place to be contacted about an emergency. However, they'll just like add urgency to something that isn't urgent. 
and they, they just it's normally because they just want to get it done faster and it's almost like I don't want to call it a scam, but it's it's certainly annoying. And oftentimes we'll quickly do whatever they ask. Like if it's like, oh, this is an emergency. I need this image edited. And so we'll often, you know, quickly run to our computer and do whatever they ask whenever we're available. You know, hopefully we're not out doing something, which has happened several times. And someone will be like, this is an emergency. And it's like, well, I'm out, you know, it's Saturday night. I'm out doing something. And it's like, no, but this is like, like what the hell? Like, like this image is supposed to be like this. And, and so it's like, oh my gosh, you have to like run to a computer as fast as you can and try to, and try to actually get it done. And then it isn't actually urgent and they just wanted it done fast for no reason. And oftentimes uh, we'll do whatever they ask, you know, rather quickly, like I said, and then they won't use that edit. They won't use that edit. They won't use that image. They won't use that thing for, you know, several days, several weeks. And it's like, dude, that was not urgent. It wasn't urgent. And one of the one of the major issues that like is a major thing is constant false urgency calls, you know, however you get them, emails, actual phone calls, whatever, result at least for us in slower response times and may result in actual emergencies being missed because of the whole quote unquote boy who called wolf who, who cried wolf scenario. It's 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 a serious problem because we have clients who will just say like this is an emergency at like three at night or three three a.m. right three in the morning and you're like oh my god like. What's going on here? And like, you know, for whatever reason, you've checked your phone and you like, you know, you have to rush de- rush down to your computer and you have to like, you know, get the laptop going or get the Ultrabook going if you're out somewhere. And it's like a whole scenario. And, it, and it, it's actually hindering them because it's because if they keep doing that over and over and over and over and over again, and this has happened, I will ignore it. It'll be like, this is an emergency. And I'll be like, nah, I'll get it to it in two days. And I, and I don't want to sound like, you know, kind of like a stuck up guy when I say that, like, I'll get to it in two days. But it's like, this has happened with some of our clients, like, like several times where it'll be like, Oh, like this needs to be done immediately. This needs to be done immediately. And it's like seriously presented like an emergency. Like this is an emergency. This was supposed to be done. And I forgot to ask for it. Right. It's not something that was that we missed in a commission that they asked us to. It's like, they decided, Oh, I need this image, you know, portrait or something. And we desperately need it done right this second because we have an event coming up or something like they'll present it sort of like that. And you're like, Oh my God, I get like, you know, you run to the website and try to fix it. And it, and then, there's been times where I've just missed emergencies because I've just ignored it. Like I'll get a message and I'll literally see like, this needs to be done. And I'll just, I don't care. And I'll just like swipe it away. I'll be like, I'll get to that like on Monday or whatever. And again, like I don't want to sound up, sound like a stuck up guy. And you know, this is business that people will contact you at all times, but I'm fine with being contacted at random, especially since you can just like email me and I can look at it when I'm, when I'm, when I'm available. But it's ridiculous to call everything an emergency just to get it done quickly. Cause you're afraid that I won't take you know, that I won't like do it quickly because I'm moving you to the front of the pile and I'm like, you know, leaving somebody else's work generally, especially if it's in the middle of a work day, I'm leaving somebody else's work unattended when it was supposed to be attended, you know, so now my schedule is all messed up and like, I'm now missing hours here and I've added hours here. It's a mess. And so false urgency is a serious pet peeve of mine. I'm sure it's a serious pet peeve of anyone who's experienced it. And if you're a customer listening, don't do it because I mean, maybe I'm different. Maybe some people will always go running, but I'm not one to always go running. That's just kind of my mentality. If you know, I it, it's really annoying. It's a major pet peeve, and I actually find it to be kind of disrespectful. He's just being like, "Do this right away! Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on!" It's like, "Come on!" Like I'm also I also do things. You know, I'm not always at my computer. So like, chill, calm down, and just whatever. So if you're a customer, don't do it. If you're uh, an entrepreneur, this will happen to you, and you know, deal with it as you see fit. But that's how, that's how I personally deal with it. Um, and, uh, the aftermath is usually like, Hey, why wasn't this done immediately? 
Um, or sometimes they forget. Like, oftentimes they'll forget. Like, I'll be like, oh, that person doesn't actually want that done because I'm used to this person. And then it won't get done. And then they'll forget and I'll forget. And then that's it. So it, it's a mess. Don't do false urgency. Deal with it accordingly. I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, but I think I will move on to now to the web news here um, so we can get this conversation started. So web news. Uh, web news, the Facebook messaging toss-up. So I have a couple of quotes here. Um, I've taken these from The Verge and the link to the article in which I took them from uh, will be in the description. So, uh, quote, Facebook is working to allow cross-messaging between Facebook Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp, according to a report in the New York Times this morning. Each service will continue to operate as a standalone app, but according to the Times, Facebook is rebuilding the underlying infrastructure so that people who might only use one of the uh, one of Facebook's pro- Facebook's properties could communicate with others within the company's ecosystem. All of the apps will support end-to-end encryption as well. Facebook has yet to provide a timeline for when this will happen. And then within that same article, there is a quote from a Facebook spokesperson, which I will read now. We want to build the messaging, the best messaging experiences we can, and people want messaging to be fast, simple, and reliable reliable and private. We're working on making more of our messaging products end-to-end encrypted and considering making or and considering ways to make it easier to reach friends and family across networks. As you would expect, there is a lot of discussion and debate on uh, as we begin the long process of figuring out all the details of how this will work. Again, that's also in the Verge article there. Link is in the show notes. So, I basically from this because it sounds like they're sort of in the conceptual stage, you know, some of the stuff is pretty obvious like yes, you will be able to message cross stuff. You know, that stuff's been easy, but there's a few questions I've come up with here. So, what of Instagram Direct? So, Instagram Direct is sort of like the actual messaging app, messaging is part of the Instagram app, and that's exactly why it kind of raises some questions in my in my head is is, you know, Insta- it, it Instagram Direct is actually integrated into Instagram, the Instagram app itself. So does that mean like if we have Messenger or whatever, will it, will we start getting duplicate notifications? Uh, and also, there's a separate Instagram messaging app. I don't know if you know this, but there's a separate one available. Um, but it's not available in Canada, as far as I can tell. But it's called uh, quote Direct from Instagram. That's the name of it. And like maybe these messages, maybe the messages will be removed from the main Instagram app. Like I've never used this app because I can't because uh, we're in Canada. So if you, if anyone has any experience with using Instagram as well as the direct by the direct from Instagram, um, app, let us know how it works. Like, are you getting duplicates? Are you getting a, a you know, a message in each, you know, what's happening there? Um, also, uh, Facebook messaging was, or Facebook messaging was removed from Facebook's app, uh, and put into messenger. So, you know, how like messenger was kind of spun off. Um, and, if you're on facebook.com, you can still message people and that's connected to messenger. But if you're in the Facebook app on the phone, you need the messenger app to actually message people now. Um, so that was done a while ago. And in addition, WhatsApp, which is another one of their properties, as I mentioned, was acquired in Facebook or acquired by Facebook, sorry, in 2014. So that's a whole thing is like, you know, WhatsApp was independent as far as I know, and then they got acquired. So it's like now they're integrating this like third party system kind of thing in there. I mean, it's been a while. So you know, God knows how much of the infrastructure they moved around. And, uh, and then I have a few more questions here and these are general UX questions. So I'm using all these to, to, to drive the conversation. So, uh, general UX questions, uh, will there be a main app that people should use? Uh, will you lose native features of an app that you don't have installed? For example, like, you know, are you, are you losing the WhatsApp profile pick? You know, something specific to WhatsApp? Uh, is there going to be a totally new combined app for phones? So is there going to be like, you know, a Facebook 
messaging app or something and then all of them are in there um or you could use the spin-offs or can you just you know have messenger installed and use all of them or have whatsapp and then use all of them like you know what's going on here um will this work on pc so if i boot up a messenger in you know messenger.com um or even just like i said you can message people in messenger from facebook.com still you know if if i boot it up on either of those like you know do I need to use the separate, the separate web app? Are they even going to sync? Like if I go to messenger, uh, if I go to the separate messenger web app, am I going to actually, you know, not have like my WhatsApp contacts in there? Like, how is all this going to work? Like, there's a lot of like things that are going to be kind of, kind of weird. Um, and like, will I be able to message WhatsApp vote from messenger app? Or is that only like, or from the web app? Or is that only from the mobile app? And also do I need to sign up for all of them first? And then I can use them all? Or can I just have a Facebook account with a Messenger account? And then, you know, you just message everyone. Like, how is the accounts going to work? And I have a personal question now. Assuming uh, you just need one app, which one are you going to use? So I know that's a bunch of questions. So I don't know. I'll kind of let Mike kind of dive into this. But I don't know if you want to just attack tackle each question differently, Mike. Or uh, however yeah, you want to dive in. Oh, I think I'll just say my views on what I think is going to happen with, uh, from what I understand from the press release. Um, so I, I don't think there'll be a main app that they're going to force you to use. I think they'll allow you to use any of the three. Uh, I think the, the whole point, like the native features question, will, will you lose native features of an app is definitely for sure. So if, if there's features inside of Messenger that aren't inside of WhatsApp, you're going to lose those features if you're using one or the other. Right. So it's it's kind of going to be a preference thing. So if you're a WhatsApp kind of guy, you like the features inside of WhatsApp, uh, you're going to stick with WhatsApp. That's how I see it. Um, and so, same vice versa with Messenger, obviously. Uh, is there going to be a totally new app? No, I don't think there will be. I think they're going to keep all three. Uh, will this work on PC? Yes, I believe it'll work in all cases on PC. Uh, the WhatsApp web app is just kind of like a, a mirroring of what's on your phone. So I don't see any problem with that. The messenger um, kind of works on PC right now anyway. Yeah, it's just, I don't it's know just how a web text app messaging right now. Work. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. So if it's a web app that's mirroring what's on your phone, then you're good to go. I don't see that being a problem. Uh, and do I need to sign up for all of them? I think in a in a way, yes. I think you will have to have an account with all three. Uh, which will have to be linked in some sort of way. I think that's going to be the big part. The big part of it is like you're going to have to somehow link your WhatsApp account to your Facebook account to your Instagram account, which is already linked, to be able to talk to all three. So there's going to be a linking process. Um, and if I were to just take one of those applications, I would definitely choose WhatsApp for me at least. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I like WhatsApp. I've been using it for a while. Um, that's why I, I kind of, I don't really use Facebook messenger unless I'm trying to connect with someone from a while ago. That's, that's what I use Facebook for is literally just connections to people that I wouldn't talk to on a day to day basis. Uh, and Instagram direct, I have no problem with that, to be honest. I, it's a way for fans to reach me really. I've, I've had some conversations with, uh, some, some of you out there right now on face on Instagram, and I plan to continue to do that. It would be nice if I could do it through WhatsApp. I have no qualms about that. And just in general, I really like this concept. Um, what what I like about it, it's like it's like messaging messaging service agnostic. So whatever messaging app you want, whatever features you like, those are the ones that you're going to use. 
That's the app that you're 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 now allowed to use one app for all three of these services. I like personally WhatsApp's messaging features, its group features, so I'll use that application. If someone really likes Facebook's messaging features and Facebook's integration, uh, they'll use that that application. It's up to them. I like that choice. Um, I think that honestly, if all applications kind of had a central database of messaging contacts and if everything synced together like for instance telegram and signal and all those guys could like talk between whatsapp and all that and then people could just choose which no which application they want to use without having to sacrifice all the users that they've already had on all the different applications uh i think it's a that that's a great functionality i, I wish someone would do that i wish there would be like an you know a central open source api for messaging and everyone could just hook into it where so that a, a new if someone wants to make a messaging startup it could be as easy as making a ui for a messenger they don't have to worry about storing the messages and stuff like that they can just hook into an api and do the you know put their own uis their own features up on, on the front end that they can think of that would attract customers and get all the customers they want so it, it would really open up the landscape for you know tons and tons of messaging applications out there without the negative connotation of having to install them all on your phone to be able to talk to each other. Um, I, it, to me, it's kind of a win-win, especially for the smaller messaging players uh, that, that can't maintain that user base and that can't attract people because they don't have enough users. Uh, I could see it being negative for the very large people, but even then I don't see it being that bad because if WhatsApp were to be able to communicate with Telegram, all those people on WhatsApp would be willing to stay more like use WhatsApp for longer periods of time to be able to talk to all their all their friends on Telegram and vice versa. So I'm sure that I'm not seeing something obvious in this situation where it would be bad for the companies. Uh, I'm sure there's something very simple like monetarily it, it's not viable for companies to open something like that up. Uh, but I would love to see that happen because like Matt and I have been talking about so many times, our messaging folder is growing and growing and growing. We ha- I have like, I think, seven or eight applications in there. Matt has even more. Um, and this is the first time that it's ever going to shrink, most likely. And it would be nice for it to kind of continue to shrink if maybe more of these companies go to come together. And like, if I, if I was Telegram at this point, I would see this and be like, okay, I've got to talk to, you know, all the other smaller messaging players around me and try to form a conglomerate as well and try to, you know, let, let's let's get together and try to get as many people on our platforms as we can from WhatsApp. Uh, let's try to at least make a competition between these guys because I think they're going to get crushed. Like if I, Facebook has a massive amount of people on it. Same with uh, WhatsApp. To combine those two and be able to talk between the two user bases is huge for me. Like that's that's a I, I feel like that's a big thing. Um, I don't know what comments you would have on that, Matt. Well, I think I think one of the things one of the things is is that all these companies are Facebook, and so like I've definitely heard from people that are like I don't want to use anything Facebook. So I think that you know that's just like their personal prerogative, whatever, due to whatever reasons. But I think that I honestly think that at that at that stage, it, like there's enough of a niche to have a second app. So it's like if we're consider. If I'm considering Facebook just one unified messaging platform, so if I just consider Facebook like uh, just like one one app, the Facebook messaging platform versus someone else, I could see that. Like I could see there, I could see there being like sort of two big boys in this space. But you are right. Like I think a lot of these little guys are going to start dropping off 
Like, I could see Telegram sticking around and stuff like that. But, like, I think that a lot of these people, like, I think a lot of guys are going to be like, okay, let's just, like, you guys choose one of these three apps and we'll just kind of talk together. Um, like, there's a lot of apps out there. Viber, I think, is one. Kick is one. Line. WeChat. All those. You know, those each have their markets, I'm sure. But I wonder if the allure of people that aren't, you know, stigmatized against Facebook you know, if you have a bunch of guys in, in a conversation, a bunch of people in a conversation in a big group chat that aren't stigmatized against Facebook and they, you know, they're willing to use whatever and you can say, hey, guys, we get, you know, you can get choose these four apps. You know, I'm sure that a bunch of them are have are dual users. You know, if you're if, if let's say you and I are talking on Telegram, we want one of our buddies to join to join our group. You know, we're forcing him to use Telegram. He probably still has WhatsApp you know, in the background, like, yeah, now he has two messaging apps. Whereas this is like, Hey, you know, if you want to use messenger, go ahead. And, you know, we'll, you know, so he doesn't have to download another app. He can still talk to us, you know, while we're on, you know, let's say we, let's say you and I switch to WhatsApp, he can still talk to us. Right. And so we drop the telegram. Now both of us have a deleted app. And I think in the world of, you know, apps slowly being like, people don't want a million apps on their phone. I think that there's definitely an allure there. One of the plans that I had was assuming it's all perfect, you know, and all what working well is I want to move my SMS into Messenger, which you can still do as far as I know. And like I have Messenger and I, I use Android messages uh, for for SMS and then for messaging, you know, Facebook Messenger as well, obviously. But if, if I could you if I could move my SMS into Messenger, delete WhatsApp, delete. Uh, well, I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram direct, but like not have to open up my my Instagram direct messages inside of Instagram and just have this one thing and have all of that synced to my computer as well, that would be really, that would be key for me, honestly. Um, because I have so many messaging apps out there like that, that I just, it's just, it's going to blow up. Um, like it's just, I, my social folder is massive and there's like, there's Twitter direct and all this stuff. And, I, and I'm happy to get contacted on there. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just like, I wish there was like, I mean, I have BlackBerry Hub on my phone. And so like that helps a little bit with messaging with like all these messaging apps coming into one inbox. But it'd be nice to just like say, okay, we're deleting these two or three apps and then I'll just use this one. And it, you know, pulls from all these sources. Like that would be ideal. I remember back in the day and I I don't know whether they're still around. I believe they are. I am plus was one that I used to use back in the day. Because even then I was like, Jesus, like I have, you know, at that time it was like two or three apps. And I was like, why do I have two or three chatting apps? Like, why don't I just have one big inbox? Because I could do that with email, right? You can forward each other or you can go on uh, like, a, like an Outlook client and just have all your email coming in from multiple accounts, however you have it configured. And so I think that this could become a serious competitor. And I think it, I think some people are going to get knocked off. Now, the one thing that we could consider is that Facebook did purchase WhatsApp, Right if they can figure out how to get this platform running and it runs really well, are they willing, and this is 100% speculation, are they willing and able and will do purchase these smaller boys and bundle them up into this messaging platform? Like what if, you know, I don't know, Kick starts to die or Line starts to die or whoever, right? All these other third-party guys. These guys start having trouble. Will Facebook come in and go, all right, they got 100,000 users, buy them. These guys got 200,000 users, buy them. And you just add, 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 add all these apps. 
to your messaging platform and you have this huge thing. Cause like once they figure out the formula, like it, it's, it's, you know, it shouldn't be that bad for them really. Right. They, you know, Facebook's big. They got a lot of developers. They know what they're doing. So as I, I personally do not have a stigma against Facebook. I understand there's privacy concerns or whatever. I've given up my privacy like a long time ago. Like I realized that these companies are like a lot of companies are, you know, there's leaks and all kinds of crap going on out there. Like I don't, you know, we don't put a bunch of sensitive information online. So what are you going to steal my portfolio? Well, go to LinkedIn and you can take a look. You know what I mean? Honestly, like I'm not, I'm not online, you know, posting, you know, my bank account number or something openly all over the place. So it's, it's like my public profile is my public profile is, is the way I look at it. And so like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally open to using Facebook. I have no stigma against it myself. Um, one thing I will say is that I disagree with you in saying that they will not create another app. I think that they will create another app. And the reason why I say that is because I think another app will allow them to uh, have native native features of the of all the different things of all the because because one of the things that's weird is and I don't know whether you can still do do this in WhatsApp because I've never done it. But I mean, you're a WhatsApp user. You remember when they added there was something like they added people were saying it was almost like they added like a Snapchat feature to WhatsApp. Yeah, no one uses that. No one uses that. Um, I don't know whether it's still there. I remember there was they added it to Facebook too. Okay, so they well, there's the stories, right, and and that type of thing, like all all that stuff, like stories, um, on Facebook. They added like that Snapchat thing or whatever it was to WhatsApp, and then there was some rearranging. Like I remember it was like it used to always focus on the new thing when you open the app, and then they like changed it to be like, oh no, we're gonna move back the chats, something like that. Don't quote me on that because I'm just kind of it's a messaging app I don't use too often, but. Um, anyway, there were some changes going on, but those are native features that aren't in other, other things. And, and so one of the things that I I'm considering is that if, if I posted a, a, a WhatsApp story or whatever they want to call it, if I posted this, 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 this thing in, into WhatsApp, like that should be able to reach everybody or else it's not a unified platform. And then therefore I need to like, and therefore I need to have the app. Like I need to have that app there. And I think that the only way to really do it is to either update all the, all three or four, whatever the heck it is of the apps. They have to update them all to all have the same features, in which case it doesn't matter which one you have, in which case they don't need to have a unified messaging platform really other than the messages coming through, or they're just going to make a new app. And I kind of think that they're going to do that. They're going to make like, this is the Facebook thing. Like this is anyone who signed up for face for WhatsApp is going to be joined to you know, Facebook chat. I don't know what it's going to be called. And then, uh, WhatsApp will be, you're automatically signed up for Facebook chat. And Facebook chat is literally just, here's all the stories. Here's all these features. Here's your profile. And some apps won't show their full profile. You know, some of them will, but like you'll fill in, you know, say four fields and WhatsApp, if someone has WhatsApp, could just pull the two. And I think, I think, it, I think they're going to make a new app or they're going to update one of them or all of them to be all the same, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, because I, it, well, I have separate ones. I feel like it would make sense. Like, I, I feel like if they're going to go that route, um, they're going to just do it with Messenger because that is Facebook chat. Like, they're just going to do what you said with Messenger. But on the other hand, I think all three will be feature, major feature parity. Uh, like you said, stories, right? Uh, that That's a feature of Instagram. Um, and that's a feature of Facebook. And it is a feature of WhatsApp. So maybe they preemptively thought ahead with WhatsApp stories, they knew it wasn't going to be very popular, but they figured let's add this feature in because we know that this is happening. So the functionality is there already. 
So therefore, if you post a story on WhatsApp, it'll show up on Facebook and Instagram. That, I feel like I feel like that's already it. That's already in place. Like they they've already thought ahead and they've done that because there's no other real big features, uh, chatting wise, um, that I see that they, they don't have. Like e- each one has very similar features. There's a vi- minor UI tweaks and stuff like that here and there. Uh, I th- I think Instagram would be the one that's feature like very low feature, but you can still chat with people here and there. Like. I, there's not much you need in Instagram. You can't. I don't think you can group chat, as far as I understand. Uh, so maybe they'll have to add that in at least, because like if if you're able to contact everyone from every app, they have to have some sort of semblance of feature parity. So I think that's what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to create a new app. I could be wrong. Um, that I see that happening more like more likely it'll be a all three apps have major feature parity and then minor tweaks here and there for people that like one or the other see that that that's super interesting that that's a super interesting thing is like is that they are like i mean facebook stories and instagram stories are basically the same but one of the things that you were mentioning was like we don't we're not sure at least i haven't checked whether you can group chat in instagram direct Mm -hmm. so i mean this is one of the things like like what this points out is that at the end of the day like i mean I, i mean at least i don't i don't really spend much time in a messaging app other than to answer a message it's a very utilitarian thing for me i receive a text message in whatever form and i will message back and that's literally it um and so i'm not spending you know hours in there messaging messing around with stuff so maybe they will like i mean i'm sure there'll be some feature you know duplication or parody as you said but i i maybe maybe they're just going to connect that main thing where it's like you can message this person like the text and maybe like the photo that you're going to send like you can send an attachment and you can send the text maybe that'll just be what it is and we're overthinking this although it's still weird if someone from whatsapp goes like i'm going to message this person and then it's like a different thing because you know how um uh, iMessage has like there's like different colored bubbles or to whether you're smsing someone or iMessaging them i don't know if you knew that yeah, yeah, they have different colors, yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's different features, that. obviously, because iMessage is, like, you know, more powerful than an SMS, because the SMS is old, essentially. Yep. So, it'd be interesting to, maybe in every, maybe they'll create a standard in which it's, like, in WhatsApp, green means you're WhatsApping them, but, like, red means you're you're just texting them, essentially. And that'll be, like, they can be on Messenger, they can be on SMS, they can be on, like, 1400, whatever the heck services they own at that point when they get this done. Um you know, whatever services they want to in, want to include, which I mean, I'm, there's like four, really not 14, but <laughs> three or four of them, not, not that many, but you, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, they, like whatever, whatever gets added to their platform, um, like you're, if you're not using the native app, I can like, like if you're on WhatsApp and you're messaging me and I'm on messenger, it'll just be a red bubble. Like, I wonder if that, if that, if that's what the standard will be. And it'll be like to red bubbles, you can only send pictures and text. Yeah. And that's possible. You know what I mean? And that's good enough for me. Fuck, I'll delete WhatsApp. WhatsApp and Instagram, like if if they pop Instagram messaging literally out of the Instagram app, I'm not freaking downloading direct for Instagram. I'll tell you that right now. There ain't no chance. If I can if I can put everything into Messenger, that's that's a done deal. Um for yep. me. And I'm fine with that. But th- I don't know, it's 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 gonna be an interesting thing because I honestly think that I I, I it sounds outrageous and like it's weird. I don't think like I agree with you. It's like I don't think they're gonna make a new app. But every time I like try to think about like the UX of putting it together, if I were to put it together, I would be like, "Fuck, we need a new app." Like every time I think about it, because it's like, why are we like doing all this stuff? Or at the very least, we're gonna do a major refresh of one of these apps. 
And I keep thinking to myself, like, they shouldn't, or they, in my opinion, they shouldn't be cutting out native features. This is probably why in, like, the quote from the Facebook spokesperson, they said, like, it's going to be a long process. Because there's Mm going to be a lot of debate, like, how do we keep value in WhatsApp if Messenger's the same? Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, like, you like WhatsApp. But if Messenger gets all the updates, right? If the, if it becomes the like the main the, the quote unquote main app to talk to Instagram, to talk to WhatsApp, you know, and then whatever, like, are you gonna stick with WhatsApp with it when it has lesser features? Like, are you aren't you gonna just gonna delete WhatsApp and just move on to Messenger because you can still WhatsApp from it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. I might. There's a, there's a chance I might switch to Messenger. Um, I think there is a chance that they're what they're doing is they want to. Uh, phase out WhatsApp, and this is the best way they found to integrate all their cl- all their users into their own um, database and their own platform. Like they they've been trying to make it so that like they don't lose WhatsApp users because as soon as they you know come out and say oh we're going to be ta- taking down WhatsApp or we're going to be integrating into Facebook, everyone's going to leave WhatsApp and go to Telegram or something else. What they want people to do is keep using WhatsApp and then slowly start moving them over. And then maybe like, you know, two, three years down the line, oh, we're discontinuing WhatsApp, but you're already on Messenger anyway. So all your all your users are already there and then people will migrate to Messenger easily. Um, that could definitely 100% be the case of why they're doing this. Uh, I'm not sure. Because like, like you said, what is the value proposition of using one over the other and why even, you know, maintain three separate apps? Um, because that takes, you know, developers and time and effort uh, when you can just maintain one app to do the same thing so this is probably a smart way of doing it it might be kind of a you know anti-consumer way a little bit but i don't see it too much that way i'm I'm also not a big anti-facebook guy because i'm very open with my information that i post and i'm very uh deliberate with what i post and what i don't post because i know everything that i post online including emails that i send to people is fully 100% not private. So if people, you know, I'm using Facebook for free. I am the product. I know that they're taking my information. They're using it to, you know, create a database of something, using it for advertisements. I am fully aware of that. Now, this is different from people that don't understand how online services work, how internet work. Uh, I think I feel like that's a separate discussion that we can have in a separate web news. In fact, that, gonna, that's like a privacy uh, thing. Yeah, that's exactly. A, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to cut it short because I feel like it's a really important discussion to have. Um, and I think we will we will move it to a separate episode with a separate web web news segment. And we'll we'll hash it out there. But yeah, in, in general, I like this move by Facebook. I am a big proponent of let's combine services. I want less messaging apps. This is how you achieve it. So good, good on them. I guess that's kind of where I'll end it. Yeah, my if, if I were to do a closing statement, similar. This is the very first, and I'm serious, the very first f- Facebook feature that I'm actually excited for. I, I, even when I signed up, I didn't care about Facebook that much. I just kind of used it because I moved from MySpace, and I'm not a huge social media guy, um, other than like maybe posting stuff for like work type work type stuff or like for a project like this, but. This is the very first time I'm actually excited and will actually pay attention to something that Facebook's doing. I didn't care about the stories. Like, I saw it and just because it's in my face kind of thing. And I'll use it because, or like, I'm not going to use necessarily stories, but I'll, I, I'm i aware of features because I use platforms, right? The various platforms. But in general, like this, I'm very, 
I'm actually very excited about this because I, for the first time, my social folder on my phone, which has all my chat apps, will shrink, hopefully. And uh, it'd be super nice. One brief aside, Google could have had all of this. And, uh, yep. And uh, they don't for the obvious yep. reason of having having mm. a Hangouts, in my opinion, disaster. Not a disaster. I shouldn't say that. It went stagnant and then they tried to get a new app going. And now I don't even know what Allo's doing. So it was like from Hangouts to Allo. Allo's gone. Allo's gone now, apparently. So, uh, well, it's still up and running, right? Like you and I could download it and talk on it today. Uh, today, yes. For the next, I think in a month it's gone completely. Oh, seriously? Yeah. No, the, the Allo is gone. Like it's fully discontinued. Everything, everything about it is being shut down. <sighs> Come on, guys. Like, Jesus. Like. So that's what I mean, is is Google could have had this all. Like, if you gave me all the stuff inside of Android messages, which I realize RCS is around, whatever, but whatever. Around and very, very, like, quotes around. Oh, I've I, never, ever sent a single RCS message. It's been around for years. I've never sent a single RCS message. Well, because the carrier needs to be on board, and my carrier, is last time I checked, does not support it. So Not even, it's but it's not even, the it's, it's the carrier plus the phone manufacturer plus the application that you're using. It's a it's an impossible trio. You will, yeah, fuck. It's and and Apple doesn't support it, so that's it. You cut off over fifty percent of the user base just just like with one fell swoop. You cut off the other twenty five percent with the fact that the carrier doesn't support it. You cut off the other twenty five percent because their phone app doesn't support it, and then you have like one percent of people on RCS. Good luck. All right. Well, the thing is, is like what I, th- I think what the goal was is that they get RCS running slowly, it gains popularity, but you use the messages app and then it has the colored bubbles, which says like, hey, this is an RCS or this is an SMS. And again, when if people are using messaging apps utilitarian wise, which I believe a lot of them do, they you they they're using just the texting and maybe sending some pictures feature. You know, they're not doing anything super special. And so. I would be down with that. Like Google Hangouts used to have SMS in it. Remember that? Yep. That was mm-hmm. great. I remember that. I just used to put it. I remember I got it. I got an Android phone, put it in there. And a, like within a couple of months or weeks or something, it was like, well, you should, they were like, you should download a new SMS app because like we're moving SMS out of, out of Hangouts. And I was like, why? And this was before Allo or anything. It's like, what are you guys yep. doing? Like just do a big rebrand or something. But I mean, again, we've, we've talked to messaging apps to death, but Google had, could have had all this excitement. I mean, this is personal excitement, but Google could have had all this and uh, maybe Facebook is going to be the new, the new standard messenger for either cross. Well, it is for cross platform, but specifically for Android, it could be the new standard. Really? Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I'm down with messenger. So I will, I will use messenger. I will use whatever. I just don't want four. I keep saying four, but it's actually just three, isn't it? Messenger, mm-hmm. WhatsApp, and Direct. I'm I'm convinced they're going to buy more, though, I think is why I keep saying four or more. Or 14, as I said earlier. But anyway. Um, but yeah, th- that's my closing notes. Good good job, Facebook. My first time I've ever been excited for anything, and I will keep my uh, ear to the ground for news about this. So unless you have anything to do, Mike, or anything else to say, I'm going to close up the old episode. No, I'm good. All right, so thank you for listening, and make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing on the platform of your choice. You can follow us on the socials via at HTML All the Things, which is on Facebook and Instagram. We also have, uh, we're also on Twitter rather at HTML Everything. We are on Medium, we are on GitHub, and make sure you check our YouTube because Mike is working, like he said, on his very first 
video. So, uh, you know, subscribe on there or at least check it out. Uh, and remember, we're also on Patreon. So that's patreon.com slash HTML, all the things. Check out the tiers and give that a go. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform you're listening to this on. And before we sign off, I'm working on a Discord. So if you have any suggestions on what type of channels and stuff you want in there, hit me up on Instagram or on Twitter. Message me or at me or whatever you do on those platforms because we're working on a half-decent community so we can all kind of chat and work on websites together kind of thing. So anyway, with that being said, we are signing off.